0: My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today's Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 284, a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. And before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw one and as always, you can write the show at psisawesome@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. You can watch the show if you prefer over to YouTube channels, so be sure to subscribe to that. And for new and or long listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1. And the Patreon tier is called the One and Only $1 Club. So head over to www.patreon.com to become a $1 patron. Get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout-out on our show. With Out of the Way, Jake, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm okay. I'm kind of sick today. I don't know if it's allergies or if I'm actually sick. It's kind of hard to say, but throat's bugging me, so you'll have to bear with me a little bit. Mm. But I'm here. Yeah, that sucks to feel like shit.
0: I get it, man. I, uh... I don't feel like garbage, but it's just been like a really muggy weekend. and It's kind of made me feel, feel kind of sick being out in like the humidity and stuff. It's really weird. You look at the weather and there's like a lot of places that are like, yeah, we haven't seen this kind of temperature in forever. Except for like the last three years, it's the hottest it's ever been. So it's like, wow, I don't know, man. Uh, The weather has me kind of feeling gross, but outside of that, I'm doing all right. Um, I just got back from a motorcycle ride not long ago, and um, yeah, uh, I haven't been doing anything exciting. Friday, I had a gig at the Lake Resort, and they have a really nice control control surface there now uh, that connects to their Wi-Fi system. It looks like a traditional mixing board that controls all the inputs on the wall there. So that's actually really nice that you have... We, we if we came as a band, would have access to be able to just use that in-house system, which would be really... They have a sub under the under the stage. It's really nice. Shaner set it all up, so... I was there and got to mess with that a little bit. But uh, aside of that, man, video game news is a little slim. And uh, m- my experience with gaming has been why do I not have the right notes up? Do I not have the right notes up? This is weird because I know I saved it. Let me go back because I had all the notes up. Um, give me one second, listeners. I guess I should have looked a little further into this. Are you do you have new notes or does this say two eighty four and all the old notes for
1: you? I haven't even looked at the notes yet.
0: <clears throat> That's interesting. Because I did it on my phone, and I saved it. So give me one second, because there's a chance
1: that maybe... I probably saved it in the wrong spot. Yeah. But it's weird, because it says 284. Wait, we're on... It. 284 is last week. Yeah,
0: we're on 285. I probably just have it saved in the wrong spot. So bear with me, listeners. You get what you pay for. Uh, as I joke, there was a band called Jawbreaker. And they're still doing shows from time to time. And their singer, Blake, at one point... Um, announced they were like at, i don't know they were some sort of show and uh they were blowing up but like the, the entry fee was still like i don't know like 4 or 5 bucks to get in and people were complaining because they were like talking a lot and tuning between their songs cuz listen guys you get what you pay for <laughs> like <laughs> this is this is what we've got i'm sorry i'm still trying to talk and find this um it's be under docs Let me go to Docs. I went to Drive. I want to go to Docs. Um, We use Google for all this crap. Play, chat, calendar, Drive, shopping, Docs. Here it is. Oh, brother boy. Oh, It's probably under PSTIA, not under me. Hold on. I'm so sorry, guys. This is kind of the way this week has been. It's just kind of been like, you think everything's set up and you're going to knock one out of the park and then here it is I found it and then something just folds onto itself you're like what the hell this was all set up so I do have it I don't know how to share this with you Um, let me just click share and uh, if you just go
1: to the PS this is awesome go to Docs Jake it's in there instead of the drive All right, I don't have access to that why not because I don't, I don't have any of the login or anything. You're the only <laughs> one that uses that. All just right. fucking share it with me. I can't figure it out. Hold on. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. That's what happens when you use a fucking Mac all the time. Yeah, it is what
0: happens. Yeah, when you use a Mac and then like when you try to you do it, literally you just, on your phone,
1: <clears throat> you open the document. I'm literally and in it go, right. File now. share. Yeah, it's not <laughs> file share. Share with others. Hold on. I'm there
0: now. My to- my taskbar wasn't there, dude. Jacob, D Peters at Gmail. Send. And now I got it. All right, there we go. There it's sent. These are the notes, my dude. I'm sure the listeners are just dying right now. Um, yeah. So, I'm not editing any of that shit out. So anyways, we're just going to jump right to it and talk about games that we're playing. We're a PlayStation podcast obviously, and uh that's why you're tuned in. So just pretend we said all kinds of interesting things there and uh, we peeled the curtain back a little bit for you for what it's like to do a podcast kind of last minute um, when it's a labor of love. So anyways, dude, I'm still playing Dark dark Descent and I'm kind of pissed off because I'm literally – I did the research and I'm on the last mission and it doesn't take a day. But I only have four instead of five on my squad. And I pushed it even further after the last podcast. I'm like, I'm going to get through it. And then I'm at a, I'm at a point where I just can't. It's impossible to get past this part. Like, it, it literally is impossible. So I wanted to retain that save. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just start a new one on, like, the easy story mode. And I went to do that. And then I kind of got, like, a wild hair. I was like, I'm going to go back and try the, the, the previous save that I had. And it overrode it. So... I I lost it. All my fucking progress gone. And they have multiple save... uh, When you create a new game, you know they can create a new game. It says, okay, you have three slots. It's so antiquated. It's like the one was there and I created a new game under the second slot, which was empty, but it still overwrote over my first slot. So it's gone. I don't know if I'm going back to that fucking game, but I did start Alan Wake Remastered and I got to say... Despite its jankiness, it's uh leaps and bounds better than control so far. And um, this is the original Alan Wake. The story's fantastic. It's like uncharted, but a scary story. It's like they, they do the story beats really well. and uh, the sound the sound design is fucked on this remaster. I have a surround sound in my house, and sometimes stuff just comes through the front speakers. Sometimes it's all the speakers. There's massive dips in in raises in volume for no reason whatsoever. The cutscenes are sixteen nine. The rest of the the rest of the game is full screen. Um, it feels half-assed. Uh, the everything about the 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 remaster feels a little half-assed, but the game itself, I think. Is worth playing, um, you know. As long as you're not expecting like the most shiny thing in the world. Now, keep in mind, I've never played the original, but I would think that some of these issues would have got hammered out in QC or something, um, you know, in play testing. That that the maybe they maybe they couldn't fix the audio issues. Maybe they didn't have the original audio. Maybe they couldn't get a hold of the voice actors. Maybe they had to re-record stuff and they didn't put the time in. But the cutscene audio typically seems to be forward in the mix for the surround sound. And then, you know, the most cinematic parts of the game are just coming out of your front. And then, like, the actual gameplay is full surround. But then, like, some things are way louder behind you than what you think they should be, like like beeping noises and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's really poking through in the mix. And it just, it's just sounds... Not quite right. It doesn't sit right, the sound. Um, the voice acting's fine. It does feel a little dated. But the story's great so far and it it's at least it's at least uh, able to be followed. like even though it's a confusing thing that's happening to Alan Wake, you're on that mission, you're on that with him. You're on this weird experience with him. And you're confused for the same reasons that he's confused. You're not confused because you don't understand the story, which is the problem I have with control. Like, I don't understand control. Like, I don't understand why I'm even there, what I'm doing. Like, at least with Alan Wake, like, you feel like you're on the journey with him. And you're like, yeah, this is fucking weird, you know? Not like, I don't understand what's going on. So... That's the difference between the two games, um, I think. But I'm enjoying it, and it's one of the plus games this month. So if anyone's interested, I think there's six. I beat the first episode. Now, this game I don't believe was released episodically, was it? No. So the presentation, if you didn't know any better, you would think that it was released episodically because you beat the first episode of the first episode of the game, And it gives you a recap before you start episode two of everything that had just happened in episode one, which it was, was, you know, it was like previously. And it's like very cinematic in that way. Um, They could have easily released this. Uh, They could have blazed a trail and done it as uh, episodic releases. But I think it's even before that time. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm glad I picked it up and I'm glad I'm playing it. And uh, I'm going to get through this probably this week. But uh, Jake,
1: what are you? What are you playing? Uh, I mean, nothing. Oh, excuse me, nothing new. I I'm getting through Diablo Four. Um, I've been playing a little bit more Zelda, and <clears throat> I dabbled a little bit in this game called. I don't think. Let me see here. Uh, this game called Trepang 2, um, (laughs) it, I'd heard that this was a game that is similar to an old, uh, older PlayStation. It was like a first person shooter called fear. Okay. Yeah. I've heard um, that. which was, which was really cool. It's like a, it was like a horror themed first person shooter and uh it was pretty cool they I think they made three of those games. It's been a long time since they came out, but mm-hmm. there's been this talk about this game that's a, it's on Steam, but it's called trepang two trepang is the is the developer. I don't really know why the the title of the game is trepang two but um because I don't think this is the second one, although I guess I don't know that for sure mm. but I uh, <coughs> It's coming to PS5 eventually. I don't know when it's coming to PS5. Okay. But I downloaded the uh, the demo on PC just to kind of dick around with it a little bit. But I, I barely got into it. Like, I'm still mm-hmm. not even doing anything. So I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. But Diablo... I'm on Act Five, I believe there are six acts, and then like an epilogue or something. So mm-hmm. I'm getting pretty close. I'm getting towards the end of that game. Uh, I'd like to get finished up on that because I'm really anxious to get to Final Fantasy 16. I really do want to play that. So, and I don't want to start it be- before I get done with those other games. So I don't really have a lot to say other than you know basically I'm playing the same shit.
0: Yeah. I mean that's kinda that's kinda typical for you and I. Like we get into something, we just play it. Um, which is what you're supposed to do. You know, we're buying these things, might as well enjoy 'em and play them. Um, very good, man. Uh we're gonna skip listener feedback because it plays right into the show topic. So I wanted to do a brief show topic. We talked about it last episode. We had some listeners contributing, and so we're gonna talk about that briefly. And the the question I I posed for everybody was that, you know, if, if somebody is new to PlayStation, or at least PlayStation 5, and they don't know where to start, what game would you recommend for this friend or person when they say, hey, I just got a PS5, what should I get? I can only buy one game, right? Like, that's, that's the question. So the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to dive into the listener feedback, talk about that, and then, Jake... We're going to try to tackle that question. Um, one black talon writes in, and he says, "For your question, how about Astro's Playroom? Since it's free, my real answer is Ratchet and Clank on PS5. I think that's a nice one. Um, Ratchet and Clank is like an all ages thing, so you don't really, you know, you're subjecting anybody like anything that would be offensive um, with Ratchet and Clank. Astro's Playroom uh, is definitely, I think, kind of what they want you to do." like so you know what i mean like sony wants you to play the astros thing so i mean that's that's kind of i would say that's kind of uh, uh it's a good answer but it's kind of an obvious answer but i think the the answer of ratchet and clank one black talent i think is is really was really spot on and that's a game that i think is actually not talked about enough now it didn't blow my mind when i played it but it was really good and uh I think it could be enjoyed by many people. Jake, do you have an opinion on what one black talent says there? <clears throat>
1: well, I think the problem with this question is you don't know the, person. the demographic. Hmm? Right? I if you're talking about for the, something that literally anybody could play mm-hmm. from a child all the way up to an adult yeah. of any capacity, then I would say yeah. I mean, Ratchet and Clank or Astro's Playroom, would be a good option. I wish Astro's Playroom is amazing, but I wish that it was more of a fully fledged experience. It, it does, even though it's a, even though it's a full game. I mean, it's it's basically a glorified tech demo for the PS5. Right. So, if they had made Astra's Playroom more of like a fully featured game, like in the vein of a Ratchet and Clank or something like that, then I would say that's probably a great answer. I don't, but I think that, you know, we're assuming that the person in question can afford to buy one game. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, your free square is Astra's Playroom. Obviously, play that. But just to like learn about your PS5 and PlayStation history and, you know, you get a cool little experience. Um, while you're at it, but I think that Ratchet and Clank is a good answer for the general, um, consumer. It's, it's it's yeah, it's a good, safe answer, too. And it's a Sony IP, so it's good. (laughs) It it fits in a few different genres, too. You know, there's like some shooty parts, some platformy parts, some kind of, I think there's even like some racing kind of stuff going on in some of the levels. So, like, it definitely has, it's got, you know, neat characters Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not too heavy of a story or anything. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. Yeah. So next up,
0: Big Box writes in, and he goes, show topic, answer, uh, Rocket League. That's the Bob Marley of video games, a music-slash-game basically every type of person likes varying to varying degrees. Super easy for most people to watch for 10 seconds and go, give me that controller. That being said... And this kind of plays into what you were saying, Jake. He said, I'd like to hear Fred and Jake come up with one question to ask the new PS500 before recommending a game. One question that you feel gives you the best insight into the type of gamer they may be. I know this is breaking the rules. Um, P.S. Fred has to watch a YouTube short called Kyle Dunnigan on why he likes plane crashes. It's really educational and may help Fred overcome his fears. I still haven't watched that big box, but I will. Um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I I like Rocket League as an answer. Not only because it's not locked to PlayStation owners only. I think that's cross-play. So, like, I think you can play with other people. Um, so, But, again, I think Rocket League requires online play. So I'm not sure. And, again, we're kind of venturing into... Uh, what kind of a gamer is this person? So, I guess to answer your question, Mike. So, so you say, what is one question that we would ask the new owner to help us make a decision? Um, I, I guess, man, that, that's a, that's a great question. I think where I go with this is how, how like, I'm probably asked like, how familiar familiar are you with gaming? You know what I mean? Like, I would want to know, like, if they've never played video games before. Or if, like, oh, I used to play a long time ago, but I'm getting back into it. Or, no, I've been a gamer my whole life. I just picked up a PS5. Like, that would be the decider for me to figure out what kind of game. Um, And it would also probably help you determine their age based on that answer. Jake,
1: what what would you say? I... I don't know again it really boils down to you know what type of gamer we're talking about. I don't know that I necessarily agree that Rocket League is a great like you know only game that you can play on or if it's the one game you can buy on PS5 or whatever. And it's not just because Big Box is my arch nemesis. <laughs> um, I'm surprised it didn't like recommend some fucking roguelike or something. Yeah. Returnal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can get down with Returnal. Anyway, um, just joking, Big Box. But uh, yeah, I Rocket League, I'm of two minds about this. One, I think it's it's got one defining aspect of it that I think would make a great single purchase – and that is that it's sort of like infinite. Like you don't have to worry about the game ever ending. It's like a sports game. Like you just play it all the time. And even though you're playing the same thing all the time, your experience every time is different based on who you're playing against and all this kind of stuff. So if you're like someone who likes to play sports games, you would probably like a game like Rocket League. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're not a skilled if you're not skilled with controls and using a controller or you're not that interested in competitive gaming, then Rocket League it would be a horrible game for somebody to buy is their first game. So it's one of those things – and this I guess ties into his question of like what would be your – like what question would you ask? One question would you ask someone who just bought a PS5? My question would not necessarily be uh, like what your background is in gaming. I mean your your answer is sort of all-encompassing because it's vague enough that like you could get a fucking life story which would tell you everything. But like (laughs) – but if I was going to be more specific about my question, it would be more along the lines of – it would be a two-parter part one would be do you want to play alone or with friends and part two would be um what uh do you want a like do you have a specific genre that you're interested in or um Something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's, where it's like, like – I think f- just speaking of my own experience, one of the most important questions is like what do you want to get out of gaming? Like are you looking for an escape where you can escape the world and other people and all this stuff? You want to play by yourself? Are you more interested in like a narrative immersive experience? Or are you looking for a social experience where you're trying to get all your buddies together and you want a game that you guys can play all the time? Because if that's the case, I'd say, yeah, like Rocket League or Call of Duty or Destiny or, or something like that. But like if you're um, someone like me who occasionally will play an online game if you have to or are forced into that space, but generally you want to get away from the world whenever you're playing games, then a game like Rocket League would not fit that mold very well. So that's kind of where I, where I sit with both, I guess, my question for the uh, – You know the new player or whatever and the game Rocket League itself. I think Rocket League could be a great option if people... Mm -hmm. But it's a very specific game. Like, it's not you know, it's not like a Ratchet and Clank where it's like you can almost be any type of gamer and like this game. Like, Rocket League is one of those games like if you don't like driving cars around and you don't like fucking sports games, you're gonna hate Rocket League. So... You know, you have to you have to be the right type of gamer for that. Whereas, I think Ratchet and Clank, if we're using, if we're comparing listener feedbacks, you know, not to pit these two against each other, <laughs> but, but like, but like, You um, should have given a prize. You know, away. I would say that you have a you have a better chance of hooking anyone with a game like. Ratchet and Clank, maybe then Rocket League. If mm. depending on the time, depends have on the no player idea. Yeah, that's what I mean. If you have, if you have no idea what the player's background is, mm-hmm. turns out you know maybe it's like a uh, um, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that dating game where it was like there was like they were like separated by the screen? It's like and Clementine it was like the- or something? No, 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 no. It was the one. It was like I don't know if it was called the dating game or, or whatever. Where it was like. That like the bachelor or bachelorette would ask questions mm-hmm. to three potential candidates that are on the other side of the oh, screen. Oh yeah, you can't you see dating them, game or something. But he picks. This was called. Yeah, but he picks. The, he picks who he wants to go on a date with based on the res- answers to their questions. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, without asking the questions or whatever, it's like you could pull the screen back and it's like a sixty-five-year-old retiree that just want something to do in their free time in the middle of the day like they don't want to like get into this crazy hectic fucking competitive like you know car what sports What game would be good for them? like game. Tetris maybe Tetris, okay. Well, no, I, I I think a game like Ratchet & Clank would fit well even with somebody like that because it's a game you could take your time with. There's you some could, you sort of in it. run around on your own, learn the mechanics. There's like an easy mode. Like you don't have to – like the difficulty is not based on your competition. It's based on like how good the AI is based mm-hmm. on a setting that you can change yourself. So like that's kind of where I sit with it I guess. Um, so I – so to be to to be a a fence rider, Rocket League would be a great choice for a specific gamer, but maybe not the greatest choice for everybody.
0: Yeah, as a follow up question that I would ask, I we're not really get one, but I think if you ask somebody what their favorite movie is,
1: it would really clue you in on maybe what they're into. Um, it would maybe clue you in on that a little bit. Uh. Yeah, I guess I could see. I like, what your favorite that would give movie. you at least some insight. Yeah, maybe, into some of their personal. Because you know, if um, if someone's like, oh my my fucking favorite movie is uh, you know the Expendables, then like they're like, okay, well they probably want a fucking Call of Duty type game or mm-hmm. or you know some other like high octane sort or of. Or if they say Top Gun, yeah, like maybe something. I'm not like low brow is is not Indiana the right Jones. Term, but, like, yeah, some. <laughs> If they said Indiana Jones, the obvious choice is Uncharted or Tomb Raider or something like that. But <laughs> if they say, like, oh, you know, my favorite sleepless movie of all time <laughs> is, like... Yeah. Or, like, if they're like, oh, I like Day of the Dead or something like that. Then you could be like, oh, well, you might be into the Walking Dead Telltale games or you might be into... Um, if you want something a little more action-based, you could pick, like... Now, these aren't PlayStation games, but something like Dead Rising yeah. or... um Daisy or something like that mm-hmm. or even uh what's the uh what's the PS the PlayStation exclusive one that uh Ben did. Days Gone. Gone. Days Gone. Yeah, something like that. Um I think that I think that uh you know The Last of Us could fit that mold, I would like but it's a little bit more of a intense interpersonal relationship kind of story though. So, but I don't know right, uh, we're getting a little bit in the... Yeah,
0: so, so, so J1 responded. Not that Don't worry, we're getting to you, J1, buddy. Um, he says his game would be Death Stranding. The director's cut it has many features, items, abilities, more than the original Death Stranding games, a third-person horror action shooter, single-player game, etc. Plus, it's a Kojima products game. It has celebrities in the game like Norman Reedus, Guillermo del Toro, Troy Baker, Mads Mikkelsen, Lindsay Wagner, and more. Um, I I think there is a nice cross section. ...of regular pop culture in this game. I also like the idea that it's not a forced online game. However, it is connected. Um, So that would be kind of mind-blowing to maybe a new gamer. I do like this answer because he's not wrong in that... Well, third-person or first-person, I don't think that really matters. Um, But covering horror, action, shooting, and then also being single-player mixed with online... And then, of course, the story's just bogus. I mean, like, if you've never played a game before and someone's like here played Death Stranding, you might think this game fucking sucks because all you're doing is walking around for a long time. But, like, if, if it, the story grips a man, it could really, like, someone could come out on the other, other, other end of that and just be, like, mind blown. Like, I don't even know what that was. I just experienced something incredible. But I don't know if that's going to catch all, J1.
1: But I do like your answer. Um yeah, I think that I think the death straining is a is an interesting like it's one of those things where it's like do you want a set piece for your PlayStation 5 something that's like technically impressive and also has a sort of wild interesting story and everything, you know, any Kojima game is going to fall into that camp. Mm. Um, same as like a Last of Us or something like that. But my big hang up with Death Stranding is the gameplay. It, it you know you have to get into the game quite a ways before it's more than literally just walking around trying not to fall over. And I get that the story drives the game and makes you want to stay in that world, but um, I can. Death Stranding was divisive amongst people who are active, in tune, hardcore gamers. Yeah. So I wonder how it would sit with someone who's new to games um, no man it's so that that's it's kind of an interesting thing. I think people would be technically impressed with it mm-hmm. but uh, you know is it is it the best option? I would say that it's it's a decent option but if if the person per the person purchasing the game should know up front what the gameplay of it is. Because they might look at it and they might look at The Last of Us side by side and they're like, oh, these games are very similar in the way that they look when the character is walking around. Mm. But the actual moment-to-moment – moment, like the actual gameplay and what you're doing and like how you get through the world and everything is very different. One of them is a lot of dead space, uh, a lot of like ambience and music and walking around and like you know, doing these like, like really just kind of chill tasks and sometimes very stressful in terms of like sneaking around the bad guys and stuff because you don't have a lot of offense and then the other one is very like you know survival like you're 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 trying to find items you're trying to kill the enemies before they see you and all. I don't know it's it's interesting i i don't think that death stranding is a bad option I think that it's similar to – I think it's similar to Rocket League though in that I think that there are a lot of people that would pick up this game looking at the trailers and seeing like, oh, this game looks fucking rad in a Kojima trailer. But when I sit down to play it, it's just like – what do you mean like for the first – fucking ten hours of the game, I'm just like walking around. Yeah. Like it you know, and and I'm I i, I do not mean to distill it into like that simplistic of a notion. There is more to it, but if you're not into that that gameplay, what they're doing with it, I mean, you're not gonna have a very good time getting from story beat to story beat. Yeah. Well I
0: think I think I think based on the answers and based on what you've said, Jake, and what how uh Big box has responded. I think maybe I failed a little bit with the challenge because I, I think that maybe we should have drilled down the kind of gamer or the person. I think we got a lot of good answers. Um, you know, we we I think a lot of people just tried to toe the middle middle area. You know, with with Astros Playroom, Ratchet and Clank, Rocket League, a game that's not offensive, a game that's not going to step on anybody's toes, and then and then we had, you know, Death Stranding, which. Can arguably be like one of the most innovative, creative, interesting, awesome games. It involves people that exist in a non-gaming world, like read, like you know, like he was saying, like Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro and Kojima. Could even be argued. I mean, people who aren't into video games don't know what he is or who he is, but um, he does have this weird aura about him. But I guess. I guess where I want to go with this is, is I have an answer, and, and it's going to be super controversial. I gave it a lot of thought, and I've had multiple people ask me what games I would recommend, right? Um, uh, I had a guy that I worked with, got a PS5, um, a guy that I've been playing Hero Quest with. Murph got a p is getting a PS5 for Black Friday. He probably already bought it. He wanted to know digital or disc based. I recommend a disc. Um, Shoot me if you want, but uh, just because, um, and uh, the other folks at the table that night also said disc. But and then I had uh, my sister recently got a PS5. She wanted to know she she hey what game should I get? So I thought this was a relevant, but I guess it does depend on the individual. So maybe that was a little bit of an oversight on my part. All transparency. But I will say that after thinking about it, the game that I would pick, I have to assume that the player is not comfortable with a controller. Um, So you need a game that's not going to be super dependent or is going to offer a little bit of forgiveness with learning the PlayStation controller. You also want to have something that's going to keep them coming back. So... To me, what that has always been has been a good story. Um, and then you're also going to want to have to feel like you have agency over the story or over the game, but also feel like you're still required, like you're doing the things, right? So, in dude, I know that it seems so stupid for me to say this, but I really think Pro- probably um, a game like The Quarry would be fantastic for a new gamer. Um, something to get them involved in. It's not – it doesn't require – I know there's some scariness to it. So if you're not a fan of horror or suspense, it's not going to fly. But for the for the mere fact of like there's, there's a lot of downtime where you're just walking around, right? So you get used to fucking moving the person. You get used to this, you get used to where the buttons are at, you're being told a story, and then the decisions you make in the game have agency and impact on what's happening. So if you're, you're feeling involved and the story's interesting enough that you just keep coming back, and it's presented in a movie-like thing that most people or non-gamers would be familiar with, a format like that. And I think that after that, it would be a really good place to branch off and try something different. Not necessarily the quarry, even The Walking Dead, the Telltale series, Jake, you mentioned that a bit ago. I think that would be a fantastic jumping on point for somebody. Um, I, you know, the first the first uh, game by Supermassive Games um, that everyone had something to say about it. I forget, I forget what it was called now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I would go. Like, some sort of story-driven game that isn't super gamey that, that would cause somebody to want to, like, never play a game again. Like, something, you know, because, like, dude, like some we take it for granted using that controller and how easy it is to use. Um, but a lot of people, when they first pick that thing up, they have no clue what they're fucking doing. And it feels uh, weird and foreign in, it takes a while to break the brain to figure it out. And I think a game that's like story-driven like that with, with maybe more quick-time actions in it than a regular gamer like us would, would probably prefer in a game would be a good jumping-on point. Now, I don't know of any games like that that aren't scary or suspenseful, which is why I recommended The Quarry. But if I could think of one that maybe wasn't as like, nail-biting or uh, spooky, I probably would have went with that one. I, I mean, the first season of Walking Dead, I, th- I think hands down, would change somebody's life maybe if they played that one. And it's easy enough to play that, like, it's, you know, and it definitely would keep them coming back, I think. But um, it doesn't really – it really doesn't harness any of the power of the PS5, you know. So if you want, like, visual implementation that's, like, kind of impressive, the quarry was pretty good. Um, it was a little jank here and there, but it was pretty good. Jake, what what game would you recommend – Dude, I don't have any of your volume.
1: I got no volume from you. Can you hear me? Hold on. Sorry. There, he's back. Yeah, I I had to cough earlier. I put myself on mute. You scared me. So uh, I I took this sort of question or task in thinking that this is like – the days of yore when you got one fucking game or two games a year or something to play. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so you basically have this one game that you can afford and you have to find a way to make the game work for you for an extended period of time as well as be something that is enjoyable to play, presenting relatively new content to you regularly, all this kind of stuff. Um I I had I have to kinda thread some needles here. And what I sort of came down with was assuming you're not one of the random people that hate this IP, I would have to go with Hogwarts Legacy. Because our answers
0: are so fucking off
1: the wall. Go ahead. (laughs) Because well no no, because so Hogwarts so Harry Potter is a wildly popular franchise. There's really very little about it to be offended by, even if you're not like a hardcore Harry Potter fan or Mm, something like mm. that. This doesn't take place within the movies, so it's a completely unique story and everything. You don't have to worry about knowing the books or anything like that. It's third person, so it's inherently a little bit easier to see and move around because you're not worried about that first person perspective. The game has a essentially a mode for people who are inept at using controllers. Mm. Like it does – it gives you all the time in the world. Enemies, even if there's a group of them, they attack you one at a time. It's really hard to die. There's a lot of lock-on features and everything. Sarah, when she played this game, she went from not – basically not being able to hardly do the walk and look at the same time with the left and right stick. Yeah. To She played the whole game on this easy mode to the point where she got used to it enough by the time she was done that she moved up to like the higher difficulties oh, wow. and was able to kind of like get better at playing with those controls and everything. So it's a, it's a really great kind of – because it has this mode that lets people who have never played games before get used to the controls without feeling like they're being destroyed by the game mm. – and like dying all the time because you can't look in the right spot and all that stuff. And plus, because it's open world, you can take your time just kind of running around the castle and looking around and you don't have to worry about stuff attacking you all the time and and getting dead, basically, like right away. Um, and, And it's a huge open world and there's tons of side content and tons of missions. And I think that it just, it would provide, it provides a lot of a lot of um, content for someone who doesn't have a game or, or can't buy a lot of games, and even if they're new, if they're new to games, they can put it on this easy mode. If they're experienced in games, they can use a higher difficulty, and the, the combat actually becomes very complex and it's really fun. There's a lot you can do in it, and there's a lot of great story elements in it. Mm. Um, so it has that narrative thing down. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's my pick. I mean, if I was gonna, so like the the one like sort of, you know, audible that I would call is if like if someone is a mature gamer and they're more interested and they're capable of controlling the the using the analog sticks to control, then I would probably pick something like Cyberpunk. Because that game is like fucking infinite, or 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 like Destiny or something, where it's like constantly they're constantly updating it with new material and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but like if you're if you're a new gamer and you want something, and this we're talking about something that's a little bit more all encompassing that anyone can play, that has a ton of content that's open. You've got all these different things you can do. Um, I think I would go with Hogwarts Legacy as my choice. I like it. Um, assuming you don't fucking hate Harry Potter and the universe and everything. Yeah, that's the other thing. But if you're not thing, yeah. like – yeah, if you're not one of those people, then I think that this is like one of those – you would – like they're uh, the Harry Potter is so wildly popular that like it's, it's really hard to be offended by it unless like you're one of those like hipsters that thinks it's cool to hate Harry Potter for no reason or if there's something that genuinely offends you by it. Like they're very few and far between. So, some people just never got into it and they had no interest in it. like that I can understand that, but I think even those people could find something to like in this game.
0: yeah a
1: runner a runner up, and I don't know if you have a runner
0: up or not, Jake, but a runner up for me would be any of the Lego games. yeah, just because you can't you die. die. you can't die in them. I mean, you die, but you come right back there's 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 no uh there's probably no very little stress with them. You know what I mean? So you just kind of play through them. Yeah. You laugh a little bit. There's just some good humor in them. They're, they're well-made. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I didn't specify that it needed to be a Sony IP, I don't think. But, um, yeah, well, thanks, for everybody, for taking part of that, uh, I don't know, that that little uh, question, whatever you want to call it. Um, There's a word that I'm trying to find in the back of my mind for what, the, what I believe that we just had some sort of test or some sort of uh, exercise. Thank you. Thought exercise. Thanks for taking part of that thought exercise. That's exactly what I was looking for. All right. So as you guys know, we talk about the news every week on this show. And uh, it's time to talk about the news. And first up, and this is, this is strange. Um, This news point I thought was like, a less offensive thing than remember that kickstarter for like a you wear a headset and it kills you if you die in if you die in the game like it's like i don't know that i want my games to be this visceral like literally visceral like you feel them so there's a haptic feedback suit being made by OWO specifically for assassin's creed mirage and you put it on when you play the game and you can feel getting, like, stabbed and stuff. I don't think it hurts, but I think you can feel the location of where you're getting where you're getting hit in the game. And, like, when you're running and climbing, you can feel different things on your body. Um, it's just weird. And, I, you know, I don't want my game to be real life. You know what I mean? And the suit goes from your shoulders down to your waist and then it has, like... A little longer than long-sleeves. So maybe just down to where your elbows start. And... Uh, oh, a little longer than short-sleeve. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I said it backwards, yeah. <clears throat> just a tad longer than a short-sleeve shirt where the where the sleeves go down what it looks to be like right, right before your elbows start um, from the shoulder down. So I don't know how I feel about this. This was on Push Square. Uh, I thought... It was interesting, to say the least. I don't know what a suit like this number one would cost. It says it says it's likely to cost around five hundred bucks, and you get a free digital copy of the game. Um, it's a, it's a it's an officially licensed uh, version of the suit or something, and it, it's got like on the back of the suit it says Assassin's Creed uh, Mirage. And on the front, it says, O-W-O, the company, and again, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, But, like, it's really odd. Um, It says on Push Square, it says, using the O-W-O system, you'll be able to feel your precise movements when you take down your targets. Um, And it says, but beware, they're out to get you. Don't let your enemies get too close, or you'll feel the consequences. Um, You can can feel impacts in parkour, parkour, sorry. And it's apparently capable of replicating a wide array of sensations, including severe abdominal, ab- abdominal wounds. So I don't
1: know what that means. Um,
0: nah. n- I mean,
1: I'm not interested. But I love more than severe abdominal wounds while I'm playing games. Yeah.
0: So some of the comments on the Pushcore site was like, it's really weird that this is for a flat screen game and not a PSVR 2 game, because that would make way more sense. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it is kind of interesting. I mean, Jake, do you have anything to add about this? I mean, it's, I mean, I have no interest in it, but I thought it was worthy of bringing up. I mean, we might, pushing into the future, we might see more stuff like this happening.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want this at all. Like, the last thing I want when I'm playing a game is to, like, feel like somebody's beating the shit out of me. I, like I don't know. I I understand the concept like of you know, they're like, oh, it adds to immersion or whatever and you know, maybe you would like that. And it would it might be cool as like a like a sort of a party thing. if you had one of those like if you had one of those circular treadmill things where you could actually walk and you had one of these vests yeah. and you had the VR system and everything, and it was like full on. Then yeah, that might be pretty interesting experience or at least a pretty interesting party trick, right? But I if when I'm sitting on my couch relaxing just like running a dungeon in Diablo or something, the last thing I want is to feel like a fucking demon claw piercing my chest. Like like it probably induce some kind of heart attack while I'm just like sitting on the couch or whatever. That just seems terrible to me. But some people, I can imagine this being popular with a certain sect of gamers.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, like you, man. I, I just don't. I don't have an interest in this now. You know, it, it, dude. It's only a matter of time. I mean, and not to get graphic or anything on the show, but like with the advent of VR, it's only a matter of time to just start doing shit like this with porn and with like you know, the really violent games and, like, you know, it's like, oh, it feels like you get shot where, like, there'll be, like, a probably like a concussive, like, blast on your chest or something when you get hit. Like, boom, Like, it just fucking sends you back or they like implement, like, shock tasers and shit because there's always going to be a company out there that's going to try
1: to push things to the next level. I just don't think that the majority of people want that shit, dude. Um, Until somebody, like fucking dies because of it yeah that's just it it's just, it just sounds like a lawsuit
0: waiting to happen
1: man what do you have to sign to buy one of these you know what I mean you, you you agree like you're not
0: yeah like is this gonna fuck up
1: somebody's pacemaker or something that would be yeah something yeah
0: i mean there's there's a lot of risk to these kinds of things i mean you know can't we just keep it a little simple for a little bit longer before we get crazy anyways next news point dude and uh this one's a big deal um gustavo santoala um, the dude who does the music for The Last of Us, he indicated somewhere. It's always someone who doesn't know that that they shouldn't say stuff. Um, he indicated somewhere that in a new version of The Last of Us Two, you'll be able to make requests to him in his character in town, and and tell him what song you want him to play, and he'll play it. So he says this. Yeah, he's an older guy. Um, you know he's he's done like last of us concerts and stuff and like he you know he's he's really appreciative i think of the work that he's gotten and being a part of this thing um but so it would appear that we're getting a last of us 2 remaster
1: it just it could just be an update yeah maybe like a ps5 update you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a remaster but it is kind of interesting, nonetheless. I guess it depends on who does it. Like, if Naughty Dog's doing it,
0: you know they're going to go fucking all out. Or they went all out on this. Like, they don't know how to half-ass a thing. Like, they can't... They can't settle down. So, I don't know, man. I don't want it. I don't need it. I still haven't bought The Last of Us 1 remaster.
1: Yeah. Me either. And I love the I mean, game. I don't know that I really need it. I, I've played the game enough times, but I've heard it's good, so... I'm sure it is. Say.
0: Sure it is. Dude, the, the, so adding on to this, the next news point that I had, and this is a big, big deal. Evan Wells, um, <clears throat> co-president of Naughty Dog, has announced that he's retiring. And he's going to be leaving at the end of 2023. So there's some... I don't want to say conjecture or whatever or I, maybe it's even solidified that Neil Druckmann now is going to just take over Naughty Dog. Is that true?
1: Um, I, I didn't get – I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean unless they indicated something. I don't really know where he sits in the hierarchy of – Well, the- he's
0: he's a co-head of the studio. Um, so it says in a is separate he? post, Neil Druckmann – this is on Push Square. It says Neil Druckmann said he would remain – Co head of the studio th- through until Wells leaves and will also be head of creative. So, quote, that I will be able to invest in the future of our product projects, creative vision, and overall business strategy. Um, right. Alison Mori is being promoted to studio manager and head of the operations. Arnie Meyer becomes head of culture and communications, and Christian Geerling is the new head of technology. So, it says Druckman signed off on his post saying that he. Um, he speaks for everyone in Naughty Dog when he says, from bottom of their hearts, thank you, Evan, for your knowledge, your love of the studio and the industry, and for the great care you took to ensure that our studio is always moving in the right direction, inspire leadership, will forever be a part of our DNA. So it's kind of a big
1: deal, but I think they're in good hands. Um, I don't know. Jake, anything on that? No, I mean, Evan Wells have been there a long time, so he's skipped a lot of amazing games. So that's... Uh I mean if he's retiring, good on him. He's made plenty of money I'm sure. He could probably ride off into the sunset and do whatever he wants to do. I don't think it's going to – hopefully it doesn't really affect the studio all that much. I mean you know, just – I'm not saying that it won't affect it at all. But I have to imagine that somebody within Naughty Dog is more than capable of filling that role if it needs to be filled. I think he's in a really awesome position. Like how cool would it be?
0: Like I mean, I think it is just retiring. I don't. I don't think there's any bad blood or anything over there. I, I like the idea of him just being like, "All right, guys, I'm out." And then like five years from now, Neil calls Evan up, says, "Hey, you want to see what we're working on? I'm gonna bring you in. <laughs> I'm gonna show you what we're working on." So he would have a chance to experience finally a Naughty Dog game with fresh eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be so exciting. It'd be like if you were in Metallica your whole life, you're James fucking Hetfield. And you never had a chance to hear Enter Sandman for the first time ever. You know what I mean? Like, you never had a chance. I'm using Metallica loosely. I don't really give a shit about Metallica. But I'm trying to use, like, a band. Like, if you were in Queen and, uh, you know, you're robbed of the opportunity to appreciate all of Queen's songs the way that we all do if you're part of that band. Because you don't – I'm sure they enjoy writing them and I'm sure they're – you know, it's like the same thing as the directors. Like, I'm sure that they know that what they've done is good or they feel positive about it, but it, it will never hit the same way because they were creators of this thing.
1: They were laboring over this. Yeah, thing. they don't They don't get to view it through the lens of a consumer. Right. They know all the nuts and bolts, right? So it's, it's not as magical to them as somebody who doesn't know all of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah I, I could definitely see this being an instance where maybe he's a little bit excited to see what naughty dog will be a little a little bit excited I'm sure a little bit kind of sad too about you know what the next game is that comes out and he probably already knows everything that they're fucking working on so he's not gonna be surprised by anything until like you know eight years from now yeah but like yeah it, it could be interesting for him for sure this is where this is where
0: PlayStation Studios makes a movie about somebody kidnapping Evan Wells after he retires and trying to get all the goods from him. Like, dude, speak up. Tell us what they're working on. <laughs> it's like some sort of like... like That's uh, the next that's the next Sony it's movie. It's the next Ransom. Yeah, with Mel Gibson or something. He like, has yes, to come see Evan Wells. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever the fuck it was. I don't remember who it was. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. But... It would would make for a funny YouTube video if someone could pull it off. Definitely. Evan Wells, we're not not suggesting anything or giving anybody any ideas. It was just a joke. Um, So anyways, uh, the next news point is uh, Genshin Impact. The voice actors for this game have been talking about how they haven't been getting paid for a few months, which doesn't look good on the studio. And uh, it appears... This is less the fault of the game studio and more the fault of the actual recording studio who's being held accountable for this issue. Now, I don't understand how this stuff works, and I always like peeking behind that curtain. So Formosa Group is the name of the studio that did all the voice voice acting, um, recorded all the voice acting, got all lined up for the game, did all the stuff. And apparently, the way that the structure works for this situation, for the setup for Genshin Impact, is that Genshin Impact, the, the developer, pays stu- for Moza for the Formosa Group, and then Formosa then is supposed to be paying the voice actors. So, uh, I forget it's me, me, M- M- YoHo, or something. Is the is the um, developer of Genshin Impact yo, yo. Yeah. And uh so they they came out and they were like listen, we didn't even know you guys weren't getting paid because the money's coming from them. We're we're making our payments to them. So now Formosa is now in a situation where they might be losing this contract with the Genshin Impact stuff. And uh rightfully so. I mean like these people should get should get paid. You know, like I don't know why this happened or what happened, um, but I I always think that it's interesting because we just assume that it's the developer's fault, right? When you hear stuff like this and the arrangement they have is they're paying this, this studio for the voice acting work and the studio is not paying the actors. So there you go. Interesting. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It always sucks. Dude, this stuff is just so convoluted and kind of busy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's never just simple. You know, it's never simple.
1: Anything on that, Jake? You want to move on? Um, I mean, it sucks that if what MiHoYo is saying is true, it sucks that they got put in this situation, but, uh... I mean I don't know that this is necessarily I mean this happens all the time it's, it might not be necessarily related to the fact that this is a chinese entity although I don't know if the 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 voice acting voice recording studio or whatever you want to call it if they're a chinese entity or not or if it's if it's a, a global entity or something that is um that is doing this but I uh, Yeah, pay your fucking people. (laughs) Like, I don't care what you pay them, but if you agreed on paying them a certain amount, make sure they get paid. They get paid before you do. That's the way it should work.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that, man. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. It's, dude, it's just kind of, it's just weird to me. Um, money, money and art is always weird and this is why people try to make sure there are unions and I get it dude I get it but like you said Jake uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't be getting paid that game's making so much fucking money and uh, if they need to find a different studio to work with to get the voice acting done they just need to do that so now the ball does kind of fall back on me yoho and uh, what are they going to do now they know this information Um, you know they got to make it right if they were cool, they would just send the voice actors some money
1: and be like, "Here, sorry that." That's eh, not their responsibility, though. Sure, but they don't—they don't know they're gonna get it. You
0: know what I mean? Like, they- like
1: I guess—I guess what it boils down to is who is the the voice actors? Who is their contract with? If their contract sure. is with Mihoyo, they just get paid by this other company. Then yeah, it's fucking Mihoyo's problem. But if mihoyo like i don't know it's a really really sticky situation because uh, i don't know that it's necessarily mihoyo's responsibility to pay the actors but uh it may or may not be their responsibility to make sure that their contractors are doing what they said they're going to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know, That's man. Weird. I don't know either. Um, but, I mean, if they wanted some good optics, you know, they could just give all these voice actors some fucking money and be like, hey, we're trying to make it right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, they could do that and then turn around and sue that other company. Well, that's just it. Like, yeah, right. Or, or at least
0: don't give them the business anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if they didn't want it solved like ASAP, they would just pay these fucking voice actors, hire another studio to do the stuff, and just be like, we're severing our ties with you. You fucked up. Yeah. So, I don't know, oh, man. Mo- that stuff. Money's money, dude. But I know they have a ton of money over there. They have to. The next news point, which I think is really interesting, is uh, we finally got a full-on trailer for the Twisted Metal game. Or, er, sorry, for the Twisted Metal TV series um, that's going to be airing exclusively on Peacock. Jake, did you have a chance to watch this?
1: I'll be honest, I didn't. And it's only because when I f- first looked at it, I thought it was the fucking trailer we already saw. No, it's a new one. It's like two minutes long. So I guess I have not seen it. Like, what's different from the trailer that we saw before well the story beats
0: the story beats now so I guess what it is is it's post-apocalyptic and the uh, they are considered runners so they're they're transporting stuff from location to location and uh, essentially that's the vibe that's why that's why that's that's the world that they exist in Uh, they're transporters so it's like the last of us with cars (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I mean... It's, like, it's fucking overplayed. I, it's then, basically, 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 I mean, I could have almost told you that's what the movie <laughs> it was going to be about. You know, like, I, I, I don't anticipate there being a whole lot of, like... I, I almost, like, don't even care what the story's about. I just want to know if it's going to be entertaining or not. Yeah. Because it's like, there's always so many things you can do with the f- fucking... Uh, twisted Metal. Like they're driving cars and they're 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 fighting people. Like yeah, it's either going to be like some sort of like arena combat thing, Mm -hmm. or they're going to be trying to transport something and they're all it's like fucking rat race or something. There's like there's very little that there are very few things they can do with that. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's going to be great. I don't
0: know. I I'll watch it. You know, I'll watch it. So long as I have peacock, I'll watch it. Dude, why not? Tell us, I got going on. Um. All right, next news point that is interesting. Sorry if we sound a little, uh, just a little out there today. I know the listeners. Um, you know, Jake Jake said he wasn't feeling super good, and, and I'm I'm tired as shit from this weather and stuff. Just the humidity really has me like drained. But um, I promise to give you an episode every week that we can, and we're doing it. We're doing it. But uh, the next thing that's interesting is is so December sixth is going to finally see the release of the PlayStation Access controller, which is the controller um, that, you know, it, it's going to have a $90 price point. Seems reasonable to me. And it's going to be the controller for for folks who maybe need additional assistance when gaming. So um, it's a customizable controller. So what do you think, Jake?
1: I think it's awesome. I, I'm happy to see that it's coming out Relatively imminently. I mean it's something that they announced this year. So it's cool to see that it's coming to market so quickly. And uh, I'm really excited to see what people do with it, either within the the community of people that might need some extra assistance or from people who may just like – an, a different way to play games. You know it's very possible that we see this thing take off in like a almost like a unpredictable way, yeah. You know, like a like a back alley kind of thing where where regular gamers are using them in interesting ways because they find that like it's like there's people that do like the fucking claw grip when they play first person shooters and stuff. It's like People can find really stupid ways that that work awesome for them to play video games on regular controllers. I, I can't imagine what they could do with something as customizable as this.
0: Yeah, I I agree. So if you can see my DualShock Four I have here, um, I know that some people, like this is the R button, right? So some people when they play shooters will not just shoot like this, but they'll do like they'll do like two two fingers like click 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 and then it's and like somehow it registers in multiple shots have you seen people do that like they like drum they they do like this weird fucking like drum thing on it it's so weird dude Hmm. i don't know i've seen i've seen videos of people just like hacking the dual shocks or the dual sense however they can to be quicker and uh it'll be interesting like you said to see like well if we can have two r2 buttons one here and one here. What the fuck does that do? Yeah, I
1: gotta be honest. The more <laughs> like, I know, this is kind of this. I know this is kind of deviating from the accessibility controller, but the more I use the Dual Sense, the more I wish Sony would just let me use my DualShock Four. Mm. Like I don't understand why they don't have DualShock Four um, capability in these games. Like just fucking disable in the like. Like, in the game, just disable the fucking haptic shit. Like, I don't I don't know why I can't just use my DualShock 4. It's got a touchpad. It's got everything else. Control-wise, it's exactly the same. The only thing that's different is it doesn't have the, the HD rumble, and it doesn't have the adaptive triggers. Triggers, I'm sorry. And I guess it doesn't have the microphone in the fucking controller, but nobody ever wants that anyway. So, it's because... It's not uncommon for people to struggle or have issues playing with the Shock or the DualSense for long periods of time. I never had problems playing with my DualShock 4, but I regularly – like my hand cramps up on the DualSense. My, uh, occasionally, like I'll have one or two fingers go numb when I'm playing it. Like it just is – there's ergonomically – and I'm not the only one. This is a thing that happens like to a lot of people. So there's something ergonomically wrong with the Dual Sense. Oh, it's just not it's not widespread enough for Sony to really acknowledge. And I just think that it would be nice of them to just straight up let me use my fucking Dual Shock. Yeah, I mean they have but, they
0: have two nice controllers. That I I do prefer the DualSense but yeah, you're right. Like,
1: why don't they let you use the DualShock? Dude, it's so weird. Every single time I pick up I don't almost never pick up my dual shocks anymore because I don't have my PlayStation 4 hooked up. But uh, like if I'm cleaning up the living room or something and I happen to pick up my dual shock four to like move it or something, every time I pick it up and hold it in my hand, I'm like, man, this feels so much better than the dual sense. Like I like I, I know it sounds weird and some people probably think I'm crazy, but like the dual sense is just too big. It's too big. I, I like the weight of it, but it's too large, and the battery life is like fifteen minutes on it. So, like, mm. first things first, get a great adaptive controller out there. They're going to do that on December third or sixth or whatever you said it was ninth, sixth. Next, next order of business. <laughs> let me use my fucking DualShock Four. That's my adaptive controller. <sighs> It's, it's, it's the accessibility controller, right? The adaptive controller is a Microsoft.
0: Correct. It's a, it's an accessibility okay. controller. It's called the PlayStation Access Controller. Yep. So nice. yeah, yeah, dude. Um, interesting <laughs> though. I think I think your take on the DualSense, while it may be ergonomically not great for everybody, uh, I think it's still a hot take, dude. Because. Outside of the battery life, I think most people find the controller to be agreeable with their hands, um, with the haptics. And people, I don't know, maybe some people hate the haptics. I, I like it. I, I do. I turn them
1: all off. I don't. I, don't, I fucking hate yeah, it. I don't know. I like. I them. hate it so much. I like it. It just it it. That's another thing that makes my hands hurt. Like your fingers get tired pulling that shit in, especially if you're playing a really intense game. Mm. Like I really don't want it and I think it's interesting and it's it's gimmicky and it's cool and some people really like it. Ooh. But like if I'm playing Destiny or something, there's no fucking way I'm turning that shit the adaptive on. Adaptive triggers? No competitive gamer is. They hate it because it, it, it literally impedes your ability to be effective in a competitive it slows it down, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I understand that a lot of people like it. But I just wish that there were more – like there – I feel like there should be, there should be. You should almost be able to play it any way you want. Like I don't know why. The one thing about the Dual Sense that I like a lot is the HD Rumble. Mm. Everything else, I really don't give a shit about. Mm. It. Um, but it just seems weird to me that like the Dual Shock Four isn't isn't included as as a controller that you can use unless you're playing a unless you're playing a PS4 game. I don't know. It's just weird to me. That's all. Fair
0: enough. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Um, a good, good little conversation. The next one is is interesting. I, I noticed one thing about this coming up with the show notes. And uh, it's very possible that this is something that nobody's caught on to yet but us. So don't nod. Their upcoming title, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, uh, got a new trailer. And it now, got a re- it now has a release date. The release date is November 7th, 2023. It's coming out this year, wow. folks. Uh before, that's wild. Before Thanksgiving. And that's going to be a nice little spot, I think. And this game looks awesome. So as I was writing down the timestamps, I wrote Banishers, G-O-N-E, Ghost of New Eden. It spells gone. Now we're talking about ghosts. And we're talking about spirits. Do you think that 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 is an intentional acronym? Uh,
1: Maybe. I mean, it definitely... Banisher's Gone. Because you're banishing something, right? Getting rid of something? It sounds kind of stupid when you say it that way. (laughs) Well, that's why no one says it, but... And I really hope that that doesn't become a thing, like fucking SNES or something. Dude, you play Banisher's Gone. But, like, it... Yeah, I definitely am not playing that game if, if people start talking like that. Ghost of i I'm just I'm right? obviously just joking. But but it that game does look interesting for sure. I I am you said it's November or something? Early November? The seventh. Yeah, that's uh that's a nice little time, I think, because you've got uh you've got Starfield in early October or sorry, September. Don't and then care you've about that. got Spider-Man in October. Yes. And then you've got this in November. Yeah, you're probably going to be fight going up against Call of Duty or something, but mm-hmm. I mean, who isn't? Does that does that really matter? Yeah, you know what I mean? No, like, with
0: a game like this, no. This is I, I
1: wouldn't audience. think so, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Dude, this game's on my
0: radar. It Looks good. It looks really <clears throat> good. So, all right. Well, go scope that trailer, Jake, if you haven't, because it looks pretty cool. Um Final Fantasy 16 news. And uh, this is a little interesting because this is the game the Square Enix came out of and they were like, listen, we've been polishing the shit out of this for a year. We're not releasing any patches. It's going to be good as is. Um, no DLC, nothing. Well, the game comes out and then they patch it. <laughs> and now, and now, it would appear the Square and uh, Enix, Enix, may have misread their situation. So it would seem now, due to the reception of the game, that Stu now indicating that DLC is being considered. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I
0: suppose. I mean, why can't we just have, like, one exception to the rule and just have these this be a standalone game? We don't know that it's, it's like- being made,
1: but... Can you just like not fucking lie? Like I I, I don't understand. Like to me, I mean, everything they said about the this game dude. be or whatever. But don't just don't say that shit. If you're if you think you might eventually at some point want to do DLC, like just don't say you're not doing it. Like it just to me it just it it's fucking annoying. Like I don't know that it really matters one way or the other, but like now like to me you you say that yeah. so that you can drive sales at launch cuz you know some people might wait until the DLC before they pick up the game if you
0: make this statement you're pretty much backing yourself into a corner where it's now going to be expected they shouldn't have even said that yeah. they're considering it they should have just kept it internal and then surprise the fuck out of everybody and then like You know, do do like a a shadow drop and be like, oh, by the way, we have like a six-hour DLC for this game everybody now loves. Surprise. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Anyways, just want to let you know. I have yet to purchase this game or play it. I'm interested in it. This last news point, guys, is really kind of interesting. And uh, in fact, it's probably the coolest news point all week. It's a new idea. This is a new idea. Finally. Someone has a new idea. So, there was an old old game called Karatika. And uh, it, it's a karate game. And uh, it's an old game. So, if you go to the link here on Push Square, dude, this is absolutely cool. Um, they are making... So, a documentary dedicated to Karatika, and this this game was actually designed by the original per- Prince of Persia creator, um, and this game used like uh, what are they roto, r- rotoscoping, Like the uh, they would they would like do pixel work based on film um, of people running or something. So they. You still might be muted. But, yeah, they uh, they they do this with this game, and it was one of the first games to ever have it. And it's a beloved game, and they're doing a documentary that's playable. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. It's fucking rad. Please, and give it to me for all my favorite games. So... Mm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna read. So the, it, it it makes sense because it's it's for a game that was ahead of its time to begin with. Um, it says um, this is an intriguing take on a documentary, and it's going to allow. This is from Push Square. Going to allow players to experience multiple versions of the game, in addition to the story of how it all came together. Developed by Digital Eclipse, the making of Karotika is the first entry in the studio's planned Gold Master series, which are independently produced projects with the intention to celebrate the designers and studios which shape the current gaming landscape. Last year's Atari 50, the the anniversary celebration, was apparently something of a prototype which performed well enough for further uh, and more specific exploration. Um, They say, uh, quote... This is from Digital Eclipse. They describe this title. They, they, they put it in quotes. They say, Discover how Crotica was made through an exhaustive archive of design documents, playable prototypes, all new video features. Like walking through a museum, you can explore the interactive timelines at your own pace. Um, it'll include multiple entire versions of the game, including a freshly remastered take made especially for this occasion. Um, I love this idea, dude. Yeah, it's interesting. Could you imagine playing, like, a prototype of Uncharted and, like, being able to read, like, documents, like, emails and shit that the company released about the making of the game? Different ideas they had and maybe sections that never showed up in the game. They're like, yeah, these are, like, not, like, full snips, but they're good enough that you can fucking try to play it. Now, granted, it would be way easier to do this with a game like Karotika. Just outside of knowing how old this game is, would be really hard to get some of this stuff up. But, I mean, they could probably just reprogram the shit. It's it's a pretty basic-looking game. But to have some sort of inside access, behind the curtain is kind of like the the theme of this show. I've been saying that a lot. But to get behind the curtain um, and be able to, like, do, like, this interactive documentary and play different versions or variants of a game that you love just seems... Like forward thinking to me, like it seems really yeah. interesting for for the sake of documenting in its in the very nature of it, but for posterity's sake and for you know archiving this thing, it just makes sense. I don't know sure. why not,
1: Jake. Anything? I think this is a really neat idea. Um, do you know? Do we happen to know if if they're is going to be some sort of, like, guide? Like, like are they are they guiding you through this, like, and explaining things to you and kind of all of that? Or is it just, like, here's a bunch of shit, just kind of go through it however you want?
0: I haven't seen a trailer or anything about it. Karotica mm-hmm. documentary. I forget. I don't know. Actually, there's an announcement trailer, The Making of Karatika. I mean, I could pull it up. Um, I kind of don't want to because it's going to fuck up with the audio of the show, but I'll watch it. It's fine. It's an you interactive documentary, it, is how they're how they're describing it. So I don't know how it works, but
1: if you're curious, there is a trailer for it. That- yeah, I do wonder if it's uh, similar to like a like one of those releases. Like I think for the new Metal Gear Solid collection that's coming out this year, they're going to have like you know a, a bunch of. You know artwork, and they're going to have like the original Metal Gear game. Like multiple versions of it will be included, and they're going to have like all this shit involved. Like, is it is it more of just like oh, they're selling you the game, and it's going to have a bunch of stuff, or is it like more towards the documentary side where it's like yeah, you can sit here and play this game for a while if you want, but the point of it is like. Oh, there's this video that it, you know is a documentary about the game and then like, oh, it like drops you into this game and you can play it for a bit, and then they have a you know a section where it's a bunch of articles or something. Like I don't know. Like it's I I, I think that this is a cool idea in concept, but I need to see it in practice to know really what I'm getting myself into.
0: I kind of would like to think that it's like you can play the documentary and they start talking about, whoa, one first idea when Joe, Joe Schmo got a hold of me and he showed me what he was working on. I couldn't believe it. And we built this prototype, you know, back in 83. And, you know, it was really weird looking. And then, like, while he's talking about it, he goes, In fact, if you want to see what we saw, Go ahead and press the blah, blah, blah button and then you press it and then you get to fucking see it or move it or something. And then when you come out of it and be like, so you can now understand yeah, – the guy comes back on. So now you understand what we were talking about when we had games that looked like this and this and this and then we got that. It was like this is why right. you know? – and then like our first version of the game was a little rough around the edges. Go ahead and press the square button and you can try that out. You know, and then it come, you can see how the character didn't really move really well right there. You know, feel kind of weird. Like that would be fucking so immersive and awesome. <laughs> like, I'm like fucking here with the guy telling me, you know, I don't know what it's going to be. That'd be, be cool as like. shit. Yeah. I, it's probably going to be a far, far cry from that, but, um, it's probably just going to be a bunch of fucking stuff that you can just click on and look through. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. But anyways, a new version of that game would be pretty, pretty exciting too. I think, um,
1: Specifically. Yeah, definitely,
0: Jake. There, are, there. If there were new games uh, on the Push Square site coming out this week, I didn't snag them and uh, I didn't find them. I went back to look. So I don't really have anything else for the show. We can do a quick closing. I think that pretty much wraps it up for the show. It's a little shorter this week. Like I said, it was kind of a rough week for 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 me, and I think Jake is, uh, you know, wanting to get some rest. So I hope you feel better. Um, is there anything? Uh, on and I did start the episode off saying 284, so let this be a public announcement that this is actually episode 285. I had the wrong notes pulled up, so it'll say 285 when you're streaming it or looking at it. So um, I don't have anything else to really say except I'm worn out, dude, and I'm I'm gonna go. I got I got on the guest list to go see a band in at the Cleveland uh, Beachland Ballroom on Tuesday. My buddy's opening for a band I used to listen to a long time ago called Braid. And they're doing this anniversary tour for the Frame and Canvas record. And uh, Ryan got, got me uh, on the guest list. So I'm real excited to go to that. Tuesday sucks because I got to interview people. for. We're hiring more people at work. And I, I'm on an interview panel all week this week. So I'm going to be really tired interviewing people. But uh, it's something I couldn't pass up. So that's all I really got going on. But outside of that, dude, um, anything you'd like to say before we close out?
1: No. No. Um i i don't know man i'm like i said i haven't felt good all day so like i'm in kind of a bit of a brain fog here so i don't really know what to say other than i'm gonna probably go get something to eat and then just kind of lay on the couch until i fall asleep and hopefully i feel better in the morning otherwise i might not be going to work
0: yeah i hope you don't feel worse yeah i highly recommend because i know you had a little interest in it the alan wake remaster is definitely worth your time you check
1: yeah, it out. I definitely I already I already claimed it and I intend on playing it before the uh the uh Alan Wake 2 comes out. I think it comes out in October. So that'd be a nice little little uh little game to play. Um but we'll have to see cuz the as soon as I get done with Diablo if I do jump into dude, all these games that are coming out are just like can we just get a fucking short game? Like seriously. The Dead Space Remastered Why, is probably
0: short, right? What's that?
1: Dead Space Remake. I mean, it's, yeah, whatever the original is. So it's, you know, maybe between 10 and 20 hours. But, like, you know, I'm playing Diablo now. I'm fucking 35 hours into that Price yeah. probably still have another 5, 10 hours to go. And then I'm going to jump into Final Fantasy 16, which is probably like 70 40 hours. or 50 hours. And then after that, I'm probably going to jump into Starfield, which is like infinite amount of time. And then after that, it's like okay, Alan Wake. Okay, that's probably going to be a pretty quick game. But then after that is Spider Man, which is open world and it's probably going to be fucking 40 hours. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, man. I. Like I would love for one of these companies, like Sony or whatever, to just have the fucking balls to release a game like Uncharted again, where it comes out and it's like triple A, like big budget, seven hours long, fucking seventy dollar game, and it's like twelve hours long. Yeah, that's like perfect. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I I know that I'm fucking you know first world problems kind of shit here, complaining about stuff that's really not a problem, but. Uh, You know, it really makes it hard to kind of keep up with what's new when everything that you play is so long. Yeah, especially when you suffer from
0: uh, the, I guess the, I don't know, the hurdle of switching between games at any given time. Like, I I really don't like to switch games in mid-progress. You know what I mean? I I don't like relearning controls and then heaven forbid the new game I pick up is more interesting and I don't go back to the old one. Then I've got like an unplayed game on my back burner and now to go back to it, i got to restart from the beginning so everything I did was a waste of fucking time. And it's like, dude, you just got to stick with what you pick and that is the trouble now. Some of these games that we we both really want to play are longer. And uh, that's the thing with this podcast and the listeners know that we, we – you know, while we don't always play the most current games, we eventually do get around to the games that we want to play, and we eventually do have some opinion on them. I just don't think that I'll be dipping my toes in a Final Fantasy 16 until maybe the winter or something. Um, I don't know. It took me two and a half years to play seven remakes, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Guess we'll find out. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 285 of PS's Awesome PlayStation Podcast. We do this every week. You can watch us on YouTube. You can write us on YouTube. We do prefer that you write us on our Patreon and go subscribe to that for a dollar a month. And, uh, you know, that's uh, great value if you think about it. Where else can you spend a dollar and get four free podcasts? <laughs> you're not getting anything. But you're, you are getting a sticker for a dollar, and we pay for shipping. So... Um, it's our way of saying thank you. So we actually lose money the first month that you subscribe. Um, because when it's all said and done, uh, we're losing probably like, I don't know what's cost to ship a sticker, at least 60 cents. And then the sticker definitely right. costs more than 60 cents or 40 cents to make. So yeah, we're losing money on your first month. So we hope that you, you you do that and stick with it. It's never, never expected, but we always appreciate it. We've always said that. Um but we do appreciate our listeners, our, our very loyal listeners, as it seems. And uh, thank you so much for tuning back in. And uh, we'll be back with full vigor next next week. And hopefully I'll have more to say about Alan Wake. And uh, I just, I can't promise I'm going to be getting through Alien Dark Descent anytime soon. Jake, that's it. So, nice. I guess, where is my closing? There it is. Like Tacoma, Tactics Ogre, and Tails Of iron. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.